Listen to this. Zakawani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode right here of Side by Side. Brad Evans is not in town this week, but stepping up to Philly shoes is Keith Costigan, a guy who needs no introduction to you, of course, um, Sounders, voice of the Sounders, play-by-play. And Keely's here too, of course. Sounders getting ready to play against LA Galaxy, always a big one, and it's both teams actually on the outside looking in, which you never thought in years past you'd see these two powerhouses struggling to get into the playoffs at the same time. We'll look forward to that game, but before we do that, we must look back to what has to be said, maybe one of the more disappointing losses um, against Salt Lake. Um, Keith, I know you covered the game, so why don't we just start there? Sort of your thoughts on the game as a whole. I know the early goal from Raul, we thought that was in, and then when they were taken off, the bus kind of died, and Salt Lake got what they wanted, which is pretty much score and then have something to protect. And then, quite unbelievably, Rusnak scores against his old team. And then two minutes later, Salt Lake on like the third attack of the game, they score. So your thoughts on it, you know, the good, the bad, uh, and how bad of a loss was this? It, it's, a, it's a really bad loss. Um, I'm, I'm at panic stations. I know, Keely, just before we came on, you were like, well, you know, we're still only one point out. I'm, I'm at panic stations right now um, just because... We've lost twice to Nashville. We've lost twice to RSL. Like teams that are in and around you where you're like, they're the games that generally count the most. I thought we played we played okay against RSL. We were the better team. But we didn't generate that many chances from, from open play. And that was a big concern for me. Um, overall, I, I thought some of our key players maybe didn't offer as much in attack. Christian, Nico, they didn't look as fresh as you would want them at this stage of a season. Um, and, and going back to the RSL loss last year, you know, we had kind of said, oh, we expect a similar approach. I thought this time around they offered a better balance. I thought they looked more dangerous on the counter. Last year was about we're here to get the penalties. I thought there was more of a confidence in them this year. Like they, they felt like we, we can we can hit on the counter. Uh, and they did that. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe be, maybe going on the road is going to help this team in terms of you know, just get away from everything, get a result. But but right now, I'm I'm really concerned. And I was really concerned with the, the manner in which after RSL went 2-1 up, I didn't I didn't feel that push late on that we're, we're so used to getting from Sounders in those games. In terms of, you know, let's look at some of what the Sounders didn't do well. What Can you pinpoint any specific things that maybe you'd have liked to see the team to do more? Was it just a case of maybe some of your big players not playing to their best. I mean, sort of, you know, I think we got a good version of Raul. I thought Raul looked like he's on his way back. Um, but yeah, just what was missing performance-wise? Yeah, I, I think our, our, our attack is so built around the, the wide players coming inside and the fullbacks getting forward. And when RSL were deep, I didn't think they were really too worried about, you know, maybe Nuhu getting forward at left back. And I thought we became a little bit slow and methodical in the build-up. On the other side, I, I didn't think we got crosses in quickly enough. Um, sometimes you, you have to do that. Like, I know we have, you know, in, in the modern game, now analytics, you talk about prime assist areas and stuff. And we're so hell-bent on getting the ball in those areas. 
against teams that sit back and, and have a good defensive shape. If that takes too long, they're already set up to defend those areas. And I, I thought we could have just been a little bit more um, uh, unpredictable in attack. I, I, didn't, I didn't think Nico got on the ball in the areas that really counted. I know we saw a lot of the ball late, but that was when they really sat back and he was almost like a quarterback. But I just think in and around the edge of the penalty area, I can't remember too many times where we got a good delivery and we were on the second ball. We were, you know, those kind of things. It was, we were almost trying to generate the perfect goal scoring chance. And because of that, we, we didn't create that many chances. Um, so, so that was the big thing for me. Um, fullbacks in attack, I think Alex and, and uh, Nuhu are two of the best in the, in the league defensively. But going forward, I don't necessarily think that's 100% of their game, getting great crosses in and, and delivering. So when, we, when we, we have our position, put them in that position, I, I don't know if it's, a, if it's a great benefit to us. Uh, in spite of that, the Sounders somehow with 13 defeats um, from the 25 games, and we lost over half the games, uh, which just very unlike Seattle Sounders, um, still just sit a point outside the playoffs places now, you know, and with a game in hand, I'm looking here of Portland, Nashville, Vancouver. Those are the teams directly ahead of them. Um, the Galaxy are six, so they're kind of fighting for their playoff lives as well. They have a game in hand of the Sounders. Sounders, Galaxy, I've been involved in some of them. Always a big game regardless. Um, usually there's something on the line, whether it's support a shield or a playoff appearance or, or in the playoffs. Um, how big is this game now? And not just this game, Keith, but this stretch coming up, this stretch of games. So away to Galaxy, away to Portland, away to Orlando. I mean... I, I, I do have to ask you, and Keely, maybe you can jump in on this as well. Like, um, Did you not tell me before this was like maybe your favourite place to go play as well? I was just thinking that. The, the last, yeah. I think the last time Keith was on, it was before an LA game. And we were talking about how Steve loves scoring in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, I think not just that. I think when I when I came in the league, I mean, LA was the envy of the league. I mean, they had David Beckham, they had Landon Donovan, then they added Robbie Keane, they had Donovan Ricketts and goal. It just was a big, you went there and it felt Hollywood. It felt big. And yeah, yeah. we were the new up-and-comers who they were not going to let knock them off their perch. And so that was always a challenge for us. And I loved playing there because... From a player perspective, those Galaxy teams, they believed in themselves so much going forward. They give you chances defensively. They, they, they didn't yeah. bunker in. They didn't double team you. They didn't care. They were like, you score three, we'll score four. So I loved it. I knew we're going to get chances. I knew that myself, the two Freddies, um, whoever it was, Son on the Asi at the time, that we're going to get chances. And the, the key was we couldn't, when we went there, we normally couldn't keep them at the other end because they were so good going forward as well. But um, I always felt that, that, that for, I don't know the dimensions, that pitch always felt so big to me. Like it just felt massive. Like when you were out there, it just felt like so much space. So I love those games and I've always loved them, the atmosphere down there against LA and whether it was here or there. So yeah, this was always a big game. They've obviously not been, I think it's four years, five years, they may have missed the playoffs. I don't know how long it's been, but I mean, I think they made, right. they made one playoff, right? Didn't they? I think once in the last six years, they've made the yeah, playoffs. Which which is, there was yeah, like incredible. one a couple of years ago, I think 2018 or 2019, where they missed it at the very last. Yeah. 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 They lost to Houston the last game. Right? They lost. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, they were yeah. like winning like three nothing at halftime yeah. and they blew it or two nothing at halftime and they managed to blow it. But on that, I want to go again because you can you can talk about the production side, Keely, because you look at the list. You're picking out the big games for us. Steve, both of you, now, if you're talking about coming to L.A., LAFC away or L.A. Galaxy away, which do you put as the higher game in terms of, wow, that's going to be the big game. I'm excited about that one. LAFC by far. Yeah, for sure. 100%. By far. Crazy, right? 
Yeah, that's, that's crazy. LA Galaxy's defense has stayed the same since Steve was playing yeah. here, and they keep yeah. adding guys, and none of them are defensive players. Like, I think Casey and I were trying to figure out the other day when the last time they actually signed a like real defender, and we couldn't think of it. I'm gonna have maybe, to like it up. maybe Joe Van Dam. Yeah, which, I think that was, was it. Like five, that was six it. years ago, probably at this point. Yeah, LAFC's overtaken the Galaxy. I mean, they number one are just the um, better team for sure yep. and i mean that atmosphere they built there behind that goal i, th- I think they modeled it on dortmund or something like that i mean it's fantastic i mean it's top you gotta to give them credit and they had a down year but now they've changed coaches made a big decision and they're back they're back so yep. yeah they, i mean they're on verge of not on the verge they're on course to even break their own points record from yeah. 2019 with a completely new team so i think you gotta give them credit as well um keith you obviously you know you're in la a lot of the times um what should we know about the galaxy i mean i know they've signed this, I mean, it's a good player from the Barcelona Academy, which again, what a signing that should be. Chicharito still there. Um, should they be feared? Is this a game the Sun should go into win? How do you approach this game against the current 2022 Galaxy? Yeah, I, I think I've watched them a couple of home games this year. They can be got at, right? I think Dallas came in here and in transition, they beat them 3-0. They're, they're a little bit like what you said. This is a, this is a Galaxy team that will go forward, right? Yeah. And in, uh, we saw against Vancouver last week, they scored five, which they, they haven't been prolific over the last couple of years. But in Chicharito and Jovelic, they have two strikers who can score goals. Now, the issue for the Galaxy is they've tried to find the balance because Jovelic scored a lot off the bench. And then when you have that, you're like, well, this guy's got to start. And then when they start, they're like, oh, do we lose a little bit? We don't want to be 4-4-2. Um, so I would say the similarities are, you know, I Smets kind of said, if we went to the playoffs right now, he wouldn't know his best 11. I think they're in that situation as well. But on their day, they can, they can blow you away. They can score goals. They can create. But on their day, they can absolutely capitulate defensively as well. They lost to SKC a couple of weeks ago where they conceded multiple goals as well. So I, I definitely think they're a team. I, 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 don't, I don't want to say it's almost more suited to us that they're going to try to come out and play. Maybe we saw last year how good we were away from home and we could counter. You think of Jordan, you think of Christian, uh, you know, maybe getting more space to drive into. I think that could play into our hands. But if they get an early goal, if they have momentum, they've actually been getting good crowds this year as well, good fan base behind them as well. Um, they're, they're, they're a good team. They're a tough team in terms of going forward. But they're like the, the old boxing analogy, which is they have a knockout punch, but they have a glass jaw themselves. So... It'll make for entertainment, um, but if we defend well, I, I definitely think they'll give us chances on the counter. Speaking of goals, I think that we allowed the 20,000th MLS goal to go in the other day. That no, no. It no, wasn't Gutman us? Scored, no, Gutman scored the next week again. So that was oh, the 20,000. Okay. Yeah, Thank yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. All right, so we're not in the record books then. No, no. All right. Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, speaking of Galaxy at home, so some of the home results. So we know how good Austin's been. They yeah. beat Austin 4-1. That was at home. Um, the Galaxy also scored five, I want to say, against Vancouver. They beat Vancouver yep, five, five, two. five two. They yep. beat Montreal, who's a very good team. I thought Montreal's a decent team. They beat them four yep. 0 So they beat them right after we played. I I, yeah. I was at the game. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. and Mont- Montreal played really well. Like I, you yeah. know, when you look at a score, Montreal at one nil, Montreal had chances. It was similar to our game, but late on when it went two nil, almost Montreal were like, nah. You know, we already got points on the road. Let's move on. So that's a little bit deceiving, but they did beat them right after Montreal beat us. So 
be a dangerous, yeah, very dangerous team to go there. Um, Sounders, let me ask you this. It hasn't worked this year for the Sounders. We can point no. to, we focused on the CCL. That's a long time ago. I don't think you can yeah. blame an entire season on that. I mean, these players are good enough to have recovered at this point. And I think we all expected they'd recover. There's been a few injuries. Raul's been in and out. I understand that. Last year, the Sounders' success came in a very different formation. The 3-5-2, it seemed to just click. Is there any argument to be made that the Sounders should go back to a 3-5-2? Because they were so good playing out of it last year. It really highlighted who has a left centre-back. I think Alex Rodin was better as a wing-back than a pure right-back. Or are we still taking too much away from Jordan? And it seems like Jordan wants to play narrow anyway. So maybe you put Jordan and Raul up top. I'm not sure, but the Sounders got to change something. Because the way it's going, even if Seattle was to squeeze into the playoffs, I don't know that I feel confident that they'll do make noise in the playoffs as they should. So is there a 3-5-2 argument to be made? Is it a personnel argument? Is it pushing Albert to the right? We haven't seen him on the right in a 4-2-3-1. Then you have Albert, Nico, Jordan in that line and Christian behind them. Sort of formation, personnel, what changes could be made to rescue the season in some, in some senses? Yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a big case to be made for 3-5-2. For because last year it was 3-4-2-1, wasn't it? And yeah. then we had one up front. And, but I think you can easily go 3-5-2 and have Jordan yeah. up front. And when Jordan comes inside, punish teams that come inside with them by having maybe Jimmy as a natural left wing back um, and just finding a balance. Because we, there's too many games now where we've walked off the field and said, uh, we gave away a bad goal. And that's what caught. Well, I, I don't know a team that concedes a good goal. You know, it's, if you keep doing that, it, it becomes like, okay, we, we need to address things defensively. I think that shape makes us more compact defensively. It puts Nuhu and Yamar in positions of strength. They can be ultra-aggressive. I think Ariaga. I, I think we have a defensive... I think Ariaga's improved this year. Yeah. I think he's, he's limited the times when he's, he's ran out and given needless yellows. I think he's, his reading of the game can be utilised there. And he can also step in. You know, he can step in as, you know, when you push forward in that holding midfield position before coming back into a, into a back three. Um, uh, Eintracht Frankfurt in Bundesliga who won the first teams to play that system well over the last few years, I thought did that quite well. So I think you do that. You have Albert alongside um, Danny Leva, who I think has done quite well in the last few yeah. games. And then you have Nico, or you push Nico back in and have Albert as the, the one the 110. And then we can, we can offer a little bit in attack. And I think for Raul as well, it gives him something too. But, but one thing I want to say on this, Steve, I think last year, we went with that system and we were successful with it. And then there was a worry towards the end of the season of how are we going to incorporate? And that's yeah. when the, the struggles happen. We finished last season poorly. Um, I think having two systems sometimes is like having no systems because your rhythm changes and one week we'll go this or away we'll go this. That, that's really difficult to do. Not many teams can do that at the, the very highest level. So I think, I think we're at that stage where Brian might have to go, look, this system we don't concede. We can be really structured, and this gives us something to build upon. Let's move forward on it. And three away games, it might be, let's go to three at the back now. But I would prefer to, to see right now a system and stick with it. And, and, and just on Jordan, I love Jordan. I think Jordan's had a great year, but he's got six goals. I, I'm, for me, in that position, he's got to be more prolific as well. Um, you know, and that's, that's not a diss. That's how highly I regard Jordan. I think six yeah. goals in 24, 25 games is not enough for me at this level. Um, I, I think you get more from there. So 
that's the way I would go. But I've never lost a game. I've never coached, so it's right. it's quite easy to uh, to to tinker with someone else's starting eleven. Um, Danger man from for the Galaxy outside of Chicharito. Gavelich, I, I think he's been really, really good. Good finisher, good energy. Um, he's a he's a striker at the beginning of his career. Um, you know, someone that you look at and you're saying, "Wow, he can he can just add that fight, like that that first step, instinctive finisher." Um, I know Cabral has probably taken a lot of stick. You know, I heard there was actually interest back in Europe in 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 the window. Uh, and and uh, from what I know, Greg Vanny actually likes him as a player in terms of the energy he brings. End product hasn't been there, but I think he is quite direct with his running. Um, so they'd be the players I'd, I'd kind of look at. Um, middle of midfield, uh, it looks like Pooch is going to be available this weekend. Whether he goes in, I think it's going to be really interesting to see if they're saying we're immediately going to go there because it has been a position of issue for them. Um, so we'll see. But, but those are the players that I think if you, if you stop, obviously, if you stop the service into Chicharito and Jovelic, you, you have an opportunity in this game. But uh, like I said, that, that's been tough for most teams to do this season. I, I think after this rope swing, well, I think not that we know for sure mathematically, but I think we'll have an idea if the sound is out. Because you're looking at, yes, it is one point out of it, but the other teams have to lose as well. And you've got to win. And everyone's sort of beating up on each other. So it's not, it's not such simple math as that. If the sound is, you know, the math is a bit complicated if you really figure out who's playing who. But if the sound is in the next three games, these away games, how many points do they need to be, pick up to realistically keep us, all of us, from not going too crazy over here? I want to see six, to be honest with you. It's Two like, wins. It's yeah, kind of I like getting, that. It's kind of getting to that point, honestly. And there needs to be that kind of urgency at this point. I think, I, I think they're all winnable games, by the way. Yeah. I think I think Portland is a rivalry game where we outplayed Portland the first time we played them, yeah. and that was kind of like that game that started all of this, yeah. where we haven't played well since. I think it's we've lost seven to ten games. We can go there, and if Portland are going to come out and try play, which they kind of have to do at home, it opens things up for us again. So um, I think if you get the win against LA, um, you set yourself up. I, I'd take a point against LA. I, I would and then go on and get a win there. And I actually think Orlando was a really winnable fixture as well. Yeah. I, I'm not I, – I, I was talking to someone in the league, and if I became a coach in this league, I would have my sports psychologist get with the team and say, take away this. It's MLS. MLS on the road is tough. I don't like it. I hate when people say it. You're, it look, we, we're all in the same position. I think Orlando was a really winnable fixture. I don't care that it's across the country. At this stage of the season, I don't want to hear those, you know, that that, that yeah. conversation. I think they're all winnable. I would take I would take six points, but my my lofty goals would be to, to look for seven from my. Steve, that actually leads me into a question I have for both of you guys. Yeah. Steve is a coach. Steve is a player. Mentally, how do you like when you're on a stretch like this? What kind of mentality do you have to have? Both like communicating to your players or communicating to your teammates or what like. Have you guys ever um, gone through something like this? And what, yeah, I mean, I like always go back to as a player. I mean, again, Brad said a few a few podcasts ago. The Sounders have been here. I think 2010 and 2016 were right. really bad half seasons. Um, 2016, we know it because it ended with MLS Cup, so we know that you know the coaching change happened. Nico Rodero came. We know that, right? In 2010, we didn't end up winning um, the cup, so it's kind of forgotten. But that team ended a year 10, two, and three, and at one point it was at four, seven, and four. And what took place was there was a players-only meeting called. 
where we sat down and just aired out all our truths and just said like, what is going on? You know, we had some good leaders in there. Casey Keller was there. You know, Lundberg, we knew was on the way out. One of our big players, he ended up going to Chicago. Blaise Kufo came, Fernando Alvaro Fernandez came, you know, Frauco, his first trip. So there were also changes then. I think as a young, like as a rookie, I would kind of just be, keep my mouth shut. I'm just glad to be playing. Um, once I got to my third or fourth year and was more contributor, I would be making noise as well. Like, this is not acceptable. And I'm sure Nico and Raul and everyone does it, Steph Fry and Christian, they'll do it in their own way. But there's guys in there who, this isn't on Brian Schmetzer. You can't wait for the coach to come in the locker room to motivate you. If you don't see the situation and as players, you don't get together, uh, then the team isn't going to go far anyway. So again, I think as a player, you try to solve those issues. You know what the tactics are. You know what you need to do. We know you know you have a great coaching staff. Um, it's on the players. You have to perform. And so I would view it more as in if you're a big player, you take that on your shoulders. You t- you, you blame yourself. I'll be blaming myself. I'll be saying like, what can I do more? How have we not figured this out? You don't look at anybody else. This, is, this isn't on you know Stephen Cleveland and Reagan. No, it's on Lodero. It's on Raul. It's on Jordan Morris. It's those yeah. guys who have to be the ones to sort this out. That's the way I view it. I, I think for me, um, I agree with everything Steve said. I, I think sometimes in this moment, as a, as a manager, you've got to read the room. You've got to read the tension. You've got to read how players are. Because sometimes people think being on edge is, is, a, is a really good thing, but it can, it can restrict performance, right? So you're like, you get frustrated to the point where you're, you're, you're not at your best. You're not playing with a freedom. So you, I remember... Um, Right after Marie, remember Marina got fired from Chelsea and Gus Hitting came in. Uh, I remember I was at Chelsea's training ground and we did a thing with Thibaut Courtois. And I asked him, I was like, you know, you've won two games since Hitting has come in. And, and he said, oh, it's just been a breath of fresh air. He just stepped away from us and let us play. We've just mm-hmm. played a lot. And the point I got from it was sometimes <clears throat> Mourinho is this such a good coach. Something was going wrong and he was like, I'm going to try to fix it. I'm going to yeah. try to fix it. And he was actually making it worse. The players were getting super frustrated. Sometimes you have to take a step back, let the players, you know, have a day where maybe seven, like, it, it sounds silly, but let them play with freedom again. Let them find that. And it's a very difficult balance because once you're in that hole, you feel like you're never getting out of it. Once you feel like you're winning every game, you're like, oh, man, this is, we're on that roll. Um, but you have to find that balance in between. So, so my thing would be, as a coach, kind of managing it, reading it, making sure the players understand the, the, the importance of it, but not be restricted by the importance of it, not like have it weigh on them, like have it push them rather than drag them down. You don't want them to go out there and be worried about losing or go out there and be worried about being the reason why they allow a soft goal or something. Yeah. Because like you said, then you're just like, you're, it, perception becomes reality, right? At that yeah. point. Yeah. Sounders Galaxy Friday night two Friday night games coming up. I love it. I love Friday yeah. night games. Friday if night. If you nights. win, it's great. The rest yeah, of the yeah, yeah. We're just like <laughs> gar, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Keely, what's our broadcast info for this? Yes, we are on ninety three point three KJR with Keith Costigan and Casey Keller on site in LA in Keith's hood. He finally gets to just stay there. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even book him a hotel room. He's just coming. <laughs> Uh, and it's going to be really great. And then Pistol Pete viewing will be on pre-half and post. Jackson Feltz is on vacation, and I will be queuing up Pete viewing on all of his uh, stories, amazing, amazing stories. So you'll hear <laughs> plenty of coach viewing, guys. Amazing, amazing, really good stuff. All right, well, we're hoping the Sounders can go down to LA, pick up a much-needed three points. I mean, it, would Casey Keller admit that now it's a must-win, or still no? 
Casey annoys me about two things. Right? <laughs> such a contradiction. Thing. He's such a contradiction. Actually, <laughs> actually he, know, he annoys me about a lot of things. I was going to say just two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing is like, he will never, ever go with this six point thing, which yeah. is like, if we beat RSL last weekend, we're a point ahead of them. Now we're five points behind them. So that's six points. Yeah. No, no, no. It's like, I feel like secretly <laughs> he goes home and he admits it to somebody. Maybe little Roscoe is dog. Like, yeah, six point things really do exist. But he will never just, just go, yeah, I can see your point. He yeah. hates it. But uh, I, I think he knows this is a must win. It's We're a in must win. So you know what he probably yeah. does, Keith? He probably goes and is in a conversation with someone else and then says your point as if his <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, 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 but we love you, Casey. We love you, Casey. You're the best. Well, well, we like him. Well, one of the one of the <laughs> points I, I want to make on this is RSL are up into fifth right now, right? Yeah. So LA Galaxy are in sixth. So you lose to RSL, there's a gap. You lose to LA Galaxy again, there's a big gap. Yeah. So now you're not just losing games, you're solidifying other teams. You're helping. So that them. would be almost like the top six set. Now they're you're just in a fight for one spot. Yeah. So to keep sixth, fifth open. You have to win games. That, that, that's the way I look at it. Um, you, you know, you're not just trying to win, but you're trying to deny one of your biggest rivals this weekend as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great points. Um, we're looking forward to it. Sound is going down there to LA. The team's probably taking off any moment now that we're recording this. And Keith and Casey will be on site. Listen to them on the radio, of course, so you can follow along on the TV too. Um, like I'll be doing. Not listen to those guys. Um, sound <laughs> 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 do you listen to them enough already in the booth? No, I actually do. I actually try to sync it with the TV, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Big game for the Sounders. All right. As always, thanks for listening. This has been Side by Side. Like, comment, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll be back next week previewing the big one, Cascadia rivalry against Portland Timbers. Hopefully off the back of three points down in Carson, California. We'll be back next week. Have a good one.